Hello everyone and welcome to Off The Block Swimming Podcast. This is Season 4. Thank you all so much for downloading the podcast today. Wherever you are right now in the world listening, my name is Robbie Cox. Now what a massive few weeks it's been on the podcast with special guests galore from all over the world and none bigger than today's Aussie legend. But before we get to the interview, I just wanted to send out a massive thank you to the uh, TLA UK team who have helped me set up so many of the London Raw superstars that have been appearing on the show in recent weeks, in particular Alice. Alice, you're an absolute legend. I don't know if you listen to the show, but if you do, thank you so very much for helping connect the stars of the pool with our Off The Blocks listeners. So many massive stars already, but a few more sneaky ones to come in the next few weeks. So make sure you keep an eye, an ear out Sorry for that. Thank you very much to TLA UK and Alice. Now, speaking of listeners, I'm also excited to announce a brand new podcast show will be premiering Wednesday, October 6th called the Shannon Rollison Podcast. Now, this one's for all the coaches out there, and the star of the podcast is none other than the Olympic and World Championship winning coach himself, Mr. Reverse Periodization, Shannon Rollison. Each week, Shannon and I will go through a subject of choice, and he'll give us his stories and insights behind some of Australian sporting folklore, starting with episode number one, the 2004 Athens Olympics. It's a swimming podcast like no other out there, and I cannot wait for you all to wrap your ears around it when it premieres on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Wednesday, the 6th of October. Now, let's not keep the Australian Sprint King waiting. My chat with three-time Olympic medalist from Tokyo and Aussie legend Mr. Kyle Chalmers starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Nuggen's hand. And the signature of all eyes is the great Phantom Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Vets in the black hats, and Vets as well as I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe to Thorpe. Joining me today on the show from Italy is a man that just over a month ago was a part of the most successful Australian Olympic swim team in history. He came away with a silver and two bronze medals and gave us one hell of a race we will not soon be forgetting in the men's 100-meter freestyle. He's currently gearing up to take part in season three of the ISL for his team, the London Raw. It's an honor to have on for the very first time on Off the Block Swimming Podcast, two-time Olympian and Aussie favourite, Mr. Kyle Chalmers. Kyle, how are you going, mate? Thanks. Yeah, going well, going well. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the uh, the introduction. Obviously, you know, people have seen you you're on Instagram at the moment know you've had a bit of a change. Uh, what what brought that about with your hair, mate? You and Zach went, got your hair done. Mate, I'm, I'm actually uh, a big fan of the look, but what brought it about? Yeah. Uh, well, the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty impulsive sort of a person. So the other day, I kind of woke up and went, I'm going to dye my hair today. And uh, just for fun, something different. Yeah. Um, anyway, I went down to the grocery store with uh, Sydney Pickram, who's a, the Canadian uh, girl on the team, also the captain with me on this team. So 
um, bought a couple of boxes of hair dye. We came back, hung around for the day. And then at night, Sydney was like, let's do your hair. And there's a few other boys that went, I'm going to come watch you do it. Yeah. And then within half an hour, Katsumi Nakamura, uh, Duncan Scott, Ross Murdoch, Zach and Sergi and myself all had um, pretty much orange hair from doing it outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a few more boys on the team now that want to dye their hair as well. And uh, Me and Zach decided yesterday that we didn't really like the orange look, so we went and got it done professionally. So now I've got the white hair, which I'm pretty happy with, but um, it's uh, definitely a whole lot better than the orange that I was rocking yesterday morning. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it's definitely a good look for you, mate. It's definitely working for you. And um, talking about things catching on, I was talking to Matt Temple the other day and we are talking about trying to get season four of the ISL and get the mullets catching on. Do you think that's a that's a go over there? Well, for me personally, I don't, I'm not a mullet, <laughs> mullet, but um, I'm going to leave that to Matt. Matt's got it going and I think um, he'd, he'd probably be me copying him if I went that way. So I'll run the coloured hair. He can have the mullet and uh, I think we've got most most hairstyles covered probably uh, amongst the Australians from the team now. Well, it's good to see that uh, the rest of the world are following the Aussies in terms of hairstyles as well. So um, it's it's good to see there. Now, obviously, we're going to get to the games, mate, because obviously it's not that far away. Um, It seems actually crazy that um, the time has flown so quickly, but it really wasn't that far away. But before we get to that, you're actually, as I said, over in Italy for the ISL. Season three's kicked off. I think we're seven matches in now. Um, you know, the Raw, I think, are, are racing. Is it tomorrow, mate? Are you guys in the pool tomorrow racing? Yeah, we yeah we kick back off again tomorrow. Night. Yeah, kick back off again tomorrow. And I sort of spoke to you about it off air, but talk to me about how excited you are to be racing again and then obviously balancing, you know, coming off the Olympics, having a bit of time at home and then coming back over and, and having to get back up and get in the pool and be fast again. Is it easy to sort of navigate that? Uh, it has been, honestly. I think it's something that I've known that I uh, am doing and have prepared myself for ISL for, for quite some time. I've known that I had the Olympic Games, then I'd be going home, having a couple of weeks off and then coming back over and uh, competing for my team, which uh, last year obviously was quite challenging not being able to participate in it. We'd, we'd obviously all signed on to be a part of the team and um, had to pull out kind of last minute, which really sucked. So. It's fantastic that we get the opportunity to be over here this year and uh, and be back on the team. Obviously, uh, the team's been quite successful with the London Roar, and I really hope that this year we can go one better. So it'll be we beat the Cali Condors last weekend, which was good, and then this weekend we come up against the uh, Energy Standard and LA Current, which are two other big teams that we can kind of base ourselves off and see where we're at. And I know that we've got quite a few good swimmers still to come in. We've got um. Tom Dean, Adam Peaty, Kirill Pragoda still to come into the team. So um, I'm pretty confident that we can go quite close to winning it this year. And uh, But again, it's just about getting through those rounds. Um, for me, it's about, I guess, yeah, getting myself back into a pretty good racing nick and shape again and, uh, and yes, yeah, just seeing, seeing where it goes. Well, I'm excited again, to hear. I'm excited to hear, mate, that you're pumped because I'm a London Raw fan. I don't know if you know that, but obviously some people that listen to the show know that. And, uh, obviously coming off a win the other day. And as you said, I think, you know, getting some of those, um, you know, swimmers coming into the team like yourself, like Emma McKean, I think at the beginning of the season, you guys weren't quite there yet. And obviously there's more people coming in. Back end of the season now of the regular season, um, then it's a break into semis, into finals. What are some of the keys, do you think, for the London Raw to try and get right to make sure you guys are hitting your stride come finals time? 
Oh, I guess it's just everyone getting back into shape and into racing form. I think um, most people have taken some time away from the pool, which is obviously expected. We've been training pretty hard for the last five years for the Olympic Games and uh, people have taken their time to unwind after that and enjoy themselves a little bit and um, probably aren't in race, right, racing Nick just yet. Everyone's swimming pretty well, which is which is good. But I know that um, with a bit of a, you know, this this racing block and then a bit of a training block, and then back into racing, I think we'll be hitting the finals pretty hard and well. So um, I think that's probably the key is just getting fit, getting confident in our racing against short course. Um, and coming close as a team, I think our team culture is really good at the moment, mm. um, which is contributing. I think, you know, every time we stand on the blocks, it's a, it's a different feeling. You're here, you're not racing for yourself. You're actually racing for the team. So if you can get those extra points wherever you can. If you finish, you know, if you're eighth, like try to get to that seventh. So we get that extra point, you know, all those points add up. And um, that's my favorite part about it. It's, it's the team environment. Um, we're racing for the team. Everyone gets around you. There's someone that's so loud and exciting. Um, and we're doing, we're doing quite well so far. I think that that second match was really good for us. And I think, um, you know, we're going to have to be really great this weekend to, to get the win, but I, I am confident that we can do it. Yeah, it's good to hear that confidence, mate. Now, I, interesting, obviously, from an outsider's perspective and anyone that sort of follows you on social media or follows Duncan or follows a few of the other boys, even Adam Peter, Zach and Surdy, we see that you guys are quite close outside of the pool as well and you've got a really good camaraderie. How much do you enjoy being a part of that? Obviously, the racing part is fantastic. How much do you enjoy yeah. being a part of that training uh, aspect as well, getting around the boys, getting around the girls, getting around that team and enjoying training and just sort of a different environment as well, isn't it? But it seems still so familiar to you guys. Yeah, I love it. I think that's my favourite aspect. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't tell. We're, we're all so close. And honestly, I think we're almost probably closer than what we are on this Australian team because I think we're racing for each other. And um, like I said, it's that team environment rather than when we probably go on Australian teams as much as um, it is a te good team environment. You know, you're, you're still there racing for yourself in an individual race rather than here you're racing to try and get those team, your team more points and whatnot. So um, I love I love my time here. It makes going to international competitions with, um, you know, like rocking up at the Olympic Games, you have so many more familiar faces that you're able to catch up with and hang out with. And you're in the food hall, you can chat to them, sit down, have a feed, feed with them or whatever. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a very fun um thing to be a part of and um i think it is probably the way of of swimming in the future really yeah well definitely as i said it definitely comes through and just in terms of your interactions outside of the pool that comes across on a personal level what are you looking forward to yourself what are you looking to see over there do you have any sort of benchmarks or is it just as you said before a matter of just getting race fit and seeing what the body can produce yeah, just getting race fit and doing it for the team. You know, this week, I, last week I did just relays, um, building back into it. This week, just about as scoring as many points as I possibly can for the team um, and doing what I need to do. Obviously, the relays are very, very high scoring events. So um, as much as it's nice to win the 100 freestyle, I know that I can't just go all out in the 100 freestyle. I need to make sure that I've, you know, hopefully can try and win it and then can conserve as much energy as I can for that relay because I know that, even last week, I think we scored 38 points in one relay, whereas you win the 100 freestyle, you might score nine. So yeah, it's um, kind of a bit of a balancing act. And uh, this is week two for me racing. So um, I'm just taking it week by week. And I know that, you know, I'll have the World Cup series in between as well to race individually and get myself into some pretty good shape. And I know that by finals, I'll be 
rearing and ready to go and know exactly, you know, like I'm not, I'm a person that kind of normally race one, once a session and, um, you know, but here I'm, I'll be racing three to four times each session. So, um, it's kind of, I've just got to get used to that, uh, and build back into that. So, um, it's an awesome opportunity to, it's an easy way to get fit really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, obviously for all the listeners out there that don't know, you're, you know, a big footy fan as well. Obviously the finals were on. Did you get a chance to watch the Port Adelaide game last when they went down, obviously to the Bulldogs that didn't go so well, wasn't a great game to watch, unfortunately for you, but did you get a chance to watch it over there? Unfortunately, yeah, I did get the, get a chance to watch it. So, um, that was, that was my first day of racing last week on Saturday. I thought I'll watch the Port game. That'll get me fired up and inspired to, <laughs> uh, to race tonight. And um, I'm a very passionate, diehard Port supporter, so I was pretty emotional there for a few hours. And, um, and then, it, and then the, luckily, the, the day ended up turning into Arsenal played Norwich that same day, and I'm a big Arsenal fan, and they've been pretty poor so far. And they got their first win, so that kind of made me a little bit happier. But um, <laughs> Port Adelaide in there, it's two years in a row they've gone so close to making the final but uh, a better year mate just on that and obviously this is a swimming podcast and i'm not trying to look for a scoop here but we also know that obviously your, your dad brett played you know many years for port adelaide and your background is obviously playing football yourself um i think up until around the rio time you were still very much into into your footy is that still something that lingers i think i saw a, a, an article not long ago saying there were still people reaching out to you saying they wanted to sign you up, mate, and get, you know, the pen to paper. Is that something that's still an option there at some point in the future or are you kind of, you know, know where you're heading now and swimming's uh, your sport? Swimming is definitely my sport. I'm not yet definitely lingering last year when I had the bad shoulder. For me, I'm, I'm more, more motivated than ever, I guess, than to continue on and uh, swim well in Paris and hopefully take that gold medal home again. Obviously, it's... Uh, it's nice getting a silver medal, but it's it's definitely not not a gold. Mate, let's get to some Tokyo talk. Uh, and before you guys even got over there, uh, you know, there was training camp up north. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, you know, the team looked pretty close. Uh, great team culture. What was that training like in preparations before you guys left? Yeah, the team culture is awesome. I think that's obviously what contributed to our success is uh, the culture that we were able to form on the team. I think... Um, Everyone's pretty close. Um, I've got some of my best mates on the team, so it makes my life a whole lot easier having Zach and Alex Graham around with me. Um, you know, I bounce off those guys all day, every day. Matt Temple's another one that I'm really close with, so to form that, I guess, 4 by one freestyle relay with those three guys makes makes my life a whole lot easier and uh, do it for them. So, yeah, the culture's really good. We've got some amazing young swimmers coming through, so I think it's going to be an exciting period for yeah. swimming Australia in the years to come. 100%, man. You're looking forward to, obviously, we've got 2032 in, you know, just over 10 years' time. So I've said this a few times in terms of what you guys have achieved, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I usually save this right to the end, but <laughs> I think what you guys achieved over in Tokyo is definitely going to, we're going to see the results of that come 2032 with all the young superstars that watched you guys on that big stage and they're wanting to emulate that, similar to what we saw in in 2000. How proud are you of that? I mean, obviously, you don't want to pump your own tyres up. I know you're a humble guy, but how proud are you to, to know that there's a lot of swimmers following in your footsteps that watched what you guys did that said, in 2032, I, I want to do the same thing in Brisbane? Well, I want that desperately. I need that to come through now. I'd love to have some uh, supporting acts in that 4x1 freestyle or 4x2 that can come in and, um, 
you know, get those 47s out real, 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 I guess, fast 47s would be, would be fantastic. I think, um, you know, and, and who knows, maybe I'll still be swimming on in 2032. It'd be pretty cool to go to a home Olympics. I'll be, I'll be pretty old by then, but uh, if I could snag a relay spot in the four by one freestyle and have some young kids that are coming through going 47 lows or maybe 46 highs, um, yeah, there'd be nothing better. So we'll see, see what happens. But, um, but yeah, it is it is good that we're able to, I guess, inspire the next generation of swimmers coming through. And um, there's so many inspirational swimmers that are on the team at the moment that have that have achieved great things, and uh, will continue to achieve great things over the coming years. And um, yeah, we need that need that depth coming through as well. I think the next generation of swimmers is is going to be really important, and, and I'm excited to see them start to to come onto the team. Yeah, 100%. Now, you had a fair few hurdles, mate, you know, in the lead up to Tokyo with COVID restrictions, obviously poor access, your own health, undergoing shoulder surgery less than a year out from trials. For such a competitor like you, what was that like knowing games weren't too far away and you, and you were going through a few of these things? Obviously, you know, if we didn't, you know, go through those things, get the shoulder surgery, who knows what the result's going to be like this time around. It might not have been as good as it was. So it was definitely necessary but you're also a racer. You're a, you're a greyhound, as they say. You know, you're in the box. You just want to get out and race. So, how hard was that for you in terms of when people are saying, "No, slow down. You've got to, you know, go through this recovery slowly." Yeah, it sucked. Um, last year, I spent the whole entire year, pretty much from April April onwards, doing um, face down snorkel kicks. I had my hands by my side, snorkel on, staring at the bottom of the pool for just months and months and months on end. I'd try quarter zones. I wouldn't get anywhere. I'd try PRP, which actually did fix my subscap, which was good, but still didn't get very far. And then it was, yeah, December when they decided let's go to Sydney and, and see a surgeon. And I kind of had that initial meeting with the surgeon and he went, mate, your shoulder's stuffed. Let's do surgery on Thursday. Mm. And that was on a Monday morning. So um, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to think about it, to be honest. But I think... Um, you know, this time around, if my right shoulder was to ever go, I'd be going straight to Sydney again to uh, to see the guy. And and rather than stuff around having all the quarter zones and PRP and pushing through that period, I think I wasted so much time um, trying to rehab it and do it the the right way when I should have just um, probably had the surgery and and got on with it. And I know that you know it was so necessary to do, and it got me back in the pool. But um, you know, injuries take a massive toll on you mentally. I think you, I'm a person that prides myself on training and training well and I wasn't able to do that for such a long period so I probably lost my confidence for quite some time even probably at trials I think standing up behind the blocks I probably didn't have a whole lot of confidence behind me but um, managed to swim a PB in that 200 freestyle on the first night and then uh, pretty fast in the 147.5 was was solid and it gave me that confidence I needed to go well in Tokyo I think if I didn't have that and I'd probably gone 48 or you know just kind of slipped onto the team whatever I wouldn't have wouldn't have been how I, uh, what I needed for, for my personal confidence leading in. But, um, but yeah, injuries are a very, very challenging part of sport. But unfortunately, it is a huge part of sport and everyone's going to have to go through it probably at some point. So um, I know that, yeah, I've, I've gone through it once now, but I'm sure throughout my career, there's going to be multiple times where I have to rehab things. And, you know, even my right shoulder last week before I came over to, ISL, that's why I ended up having to come late because I blew my right shoulder out. Like I just um, probably try to force things a whole lot quicker than I need to. You know, that's probably my problem with blowing my left shoulder out initially was kind of having that period off during that lockdown, coming back and trying to rip straight back into it. And 
Um, you got to just got to do it, build back slowly, um, which I seem to not learn. But um, but yeah, anyway, it's um, but definitely a whole lot better than it was, which is a which is a win, and it's manageable now. My left shoulder, and I'm able to rehab and prehab, and I spend most of my day doing theraband exercises, rehab in the gym, anti-inflammatories at night, kind of painkillers before I race. But you do it for the love of the sport, I guess. Well, yeah, absolutely. The, you know, you've gone through so much. If you didn't love what you were doing, you certainly wouldn't still be cracking on as you are and doing so well. You said something there that a lot of younger swimmers that are listening are going to sort of not be shocked by, but sort of go, really? How, how does Kyle Chalmers get behind the blocks and not be confident? For you personally, for, for to help the listeners out there when they're going through those moments, because everyone's, as you said, you're not immune to that. Everyone's going to go through these ups and downs and these moments where, you know, they've been through adversities and they're thinking to themselves, well, I'm going to test this out and see how I go, but I'm, I'm not as sure as I normally am of what the result's going to be. For, for that moment, what was it for you? Was it just a matter of we'll just stick to the process, you know, the plans, you know what you've got to do and, and let's just stick to it and trust in that? Yeah. I think, like I said, I get my confidence from training and training hard. I probably train like a 200, 400 freestyler. I'm doing a lot of aerobic stuff, like leading into trials. I hadn't done any pace 50s. It's more so I'm doing, you know, 400s aerobic, nine 200s, kind of neg splitting 200s and short rest and whatever, just long, long swimming without any real speed or pace type work. And I think that's how I get my fitness is from, I mean, sorry, my confidence is from being fit and believing that I'm the fittest person in the race because obviously my my race is is my back end um is my strength so i get that from being so fit so um you know trials like i said i probably stand up not overly confident hadn't raced all that much over the last i guess 18 month period um and what i had raced wasn't overly fast i think my best time leading in was 48.00 so i knew that, that would make the olympic team but it's not going to do overly well at the olympic games so um, for me, exactly like you said, I've just got to believe in the race plan, trust the process, speak to my coach, kind of go talk, talk, talk me through what I need to do and, and just believe in myself and kind of push that all behind. And I think I am a person that when I do stand behind the blocks, no matter what, I do push that all aside. I think it's probably the lead up to standing behind the blocks is I'm probably slightly unconfident, but once I get behind the blocks, no matter what. Or where, like even here, like, you know, last week I had no idea how I was going to go. I hadn't shaved down. I'd, I'd travelled to Europe, a 40-hour hour flight to Europe about three days before I raced. Um, no caffeine, obviously sore shoulder, and I stand up and go 45-6, which is just off of my personal best time. So yeah. um, once I stand behind the blocks, I, I am full of confidence and believe in myself, but that's taken years to, to come to get to that point. And it's just, you know, working with the right people, trusting your coaches and what you're doing in training and trusting what you've done over the last five year period rather than the last you know, five week period. So, um, yeah, I think everyone's going to have points in their careers where they're, they're feeling unconfident and not going too well. But, um, I guess, yeah, if you, if you're able to trust what your coach wants you to do, I think that's probably where it, where it comes from is my, my trust in my coach and, and his, idea of how I can go I think um you know even in in Tokyo this year I probably uh outdid what he he expected I could do but um but we're, we're very happy with how it all went well two things one I'm glad the internet held up that you could get that really good answer out and I could actually listen to it go this is thank <laughs> god that the internet's actually working perfectly so thank you for that 
Uh, and two, just talking about not shaving down, I'm actually um, upset, you know, sitting here talking to you that you've kept the beard because normally I pride myself on having a decent beard, but yours kills mine. Yours actually looks well-maintained and nice and tidy, so it's putting me to shame. Uh, well, I've is- just gone with a, with a, actually a shaving brand wall, so um, I like now I've really got to take extra care of my beard <laughs> to make sure it looks even better. Oh, that's good, Matt. Well, I'll have to get amongst that and have a look at that brand and, and maybe start to get amongst that action myself. Now, getting to the pool, mate, over in Tokyo, you didn't waste any time getting amongst the action, swimming in the heats of the men's four by one. Um, I'm not sure if we typically see you doing that, but we did see that also, I think it was the medley relay and also, you know, having hit out in the heats. Was that just to blow the cobwebs out for you? Were you just sort of chomping at the bit to get amongst it that you wanted to get in the relays as well, in the heats as well, sorry? Uh, I think going into the 4x1 freestyle, I think a lot of people probably wrote us off and thought we were no no chance of making a final or, or doing overly well in the event. So for me, my coach was the 4x1 freestyle co- uh, coach and he went, we need you to swim the heat to make sure we get through to that final, um, which initially I was kind of like, man, I do not want to do that. Like I like to sit back and watch the boys do the heat and know that I can come in and, and rip one out for them. But um, yeah, this time around did, did the heat, uh, which... You know, normally the day before I race, I like to do something quite hard anyway. So I kind of blow the cobwebs out uh, either way, whether it's, you know, doing a hundred push in training or, or this time around, I got to do a hundred dive max in a, in a race. So it was good to be a part of it with the boys, uh, do the heat, get us through the final, make sure we're in there. I had to go probably pretty hard, harder than I thought I was going to have to go to get us through there for 46.6. I think I was in the heat maybe. Um <laughs> And then I knew that we had Matt Temple to come in. So I knew that we could do something really special. And the boys really lifted for that for that final. I think we all put together our best ever relay swims and best times. And, um, you know, I think you can look at a lot of the relays. We had a lot of success in this time around in Tokyo, but a lot of those probably were expected, whereas our medal in that relay was not expected. And, um, and although it's not gold, I think for me it is gold. And I think that, that medal meant a whole lot to me. I kind of went home and looked at that medal for probably 45 minutes to an hour kind of just looking at every little detail in the medal holding on to it you know just holding it looking kind of going you know it's such such a special thing to achieve an olympic medal and to do it with um three great mates cameron mcavoy is obviously also a really good mate of mine that i've been on the team with for quite some time now so he was in the heat he got a medal which is also great so um it's just a special thing. I think relays, I think I'm a, I'm a person that would be much more rather be in that team environment and uh, be around my mates. And it, it always makes me swim faster for the for doing it for the team rather than doing it for myself. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, even with the medley relay, it's just to, to guarantee that we get through to that final. They like to put me in and obviously I was done racing by then. So mm. what's what's adding one more extra race into <laughs> to the end of the meet? Um, put me in there and, and just, uh, I guess... Going in as a freestyle of fourth, I can kind of get a bit of a bearing where we are in the race and how hard I need to push. So um, in the heat, I didn't have to go max, which was nice. But um, you know, it would be nice to, to get a medal in that 401 medley. We were so bloody close. But anyway, it's um, three years and hopefully we can do a bit better there. Yeah, no, mate, you're not wrong. It was a close race. I mean, just going back to the four by one freestyle relay, um, you know, individually, pretty, you know, a cheeky 46 for yourself. Did you take much confidence out of that going into the into the final? Obviously, uh, of the of the hundred individually. Obviously, we know Caleb went went first. He went 47 two. So it's it's apples and oranges, really. With origins, oh, 
oranges, really, with you going, you know, um, last go on the 46-4. But still, you've got to take some confidence out of that 46-4 because you were, you were humming. Yeah, I was. That gave me the confidence for sure, I think. Uh, even the heat going 46-6 and kind of going, well, I haven't really gone max here. I felt pretty good. I think I got a bit of a free ride, which was nice. But um, I, think, I think we had the Americans next to us in the heat and I had Zach Apple, who was um, probably that body length in front of me, which is perfect to surf. So... Um, but yeah, then 46-4 kind of swimming by myself almost in that, in that, uh, in the final gave me that confidence I needed to go into the 100 freestyle knowing that I was swimming really well and the heat of the 100 freestyle felt really easy and comfortable. I think I was 47-7, which was nice or 47-8. Um, into the semifinal, obviously knowing that I had the, the four by two that night as well. Um, so I had to kind of swim a little bit smarter. Just I didn't know how I was going to go backing up. And there was such a long time in between. There was two hours in between the semifinal of the 100 free and the 4 by 2 So um, gave it a bit, but probably didn't give it enough. I think in in hindsight, looking back on it, it's, uh, I probably should have gone a little bit harder in that semifinal. So I could have got myself in one of those middle lanes for the final, um, especially if I could have been on that other side of Caleb and been breathing towards him in that, in that last 50. I think that would have been really beneficial for me. But... You know, you can't you can't look back on those things, unfortunately. And um, what's done is done. But um, but yeah, I think the semi final was pretty solid, and then the final I was pretty, like I said, pretty. I guess actually, to be honest, I was kind of uh, leading into it. I was probably a little bit unconfident because um, of that semi final wasn't overly great, and then my four by two was solid but not great. Mm. And then uh, and I thought that I'd probably exhausted myself doing those races because I hadn't done more than four races in a competition. Um, for probably since Worlds in 2019. So I kind of went, how am I going to go? This is my sixth race and this is my sixth race that I have to swim really fast. You know, in Australia, I can get away with doing a heat kind of not easy, but like I can just kind of cruise through the rounds, whereas the, the Olympic Games, you're kind of maxing everything really. So that was my sixth really hard race, Caleb's fourth really hard race. Um, so he was probably a little bit fresher than me and I probably had those slight doubts in my mind, but like I said, when I get behind those blocks, um, I block all that out and I'm fully confident in myself. And to swim a personal best time in the Olympic final, we can't ask for much more. So took an Olympic record to beat me. Um, so I'll give him I'll give him that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, if I'm going to lose to anyone, he's a, he's a great mate of mine. Um, so I'm happy that it's probably him that beats me. But and I know I have so much respect for him because I know that how hard I have to work to be there and how much I have to sacrifice to be there. So... I know he's the exact same. So I kind of have that, you know, respect and there's a lot of camaraderie be between the two of us and, and even arriving here to, to catch up with him has been, been good fun. Well, mate, I'm really frustrated that our internet is so dodgy that I've got to cut a few <laughs> questions out of here because I want to make sure we get the interview in before it actually cuts back out. But so much of what you just said, you know, had some great questions um, come up, but I, I want to skip to this one. And you sort of mentioned it there. And obviously that, that battle between you and Caleb and it, it was one of the most anticipated races in swimming for such a long time that I can remember anyway. And I've, you know, I've been a, a fan of swimming since probably, you know, 1998 was when I probably really started to, to enjoy it and the build up the anticipation. And this is all obviously from a fan's perspective, I'm sure you and Caleb, although you're acknowledge it and you have an understanding i'm sure you don't sort of build it up in your own heads as much as we do but it, it was such a you know the ultimate showdown you know um coaches even coaches i would talk to would talk about you know your race plan and your strategy and what you're going to have to do and what caleb's going to have to do and and it was really like people were just you know <laughs> nutting out 
everybody's, you know, race plans and strategies. What, you know, what was your strategy coming into that final? And so was it any different from 2019 in Guangzhou when you and Caleb battled it out again? And, and I think you went the same time here in Tokyo that you went in Guangzhou, didn't you? So was the race plan any different? Did you try anything different or it was, well, this is tried and tested. This has worked before and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to it. Um, yeah, yes. I know that that's what works for me. I think, um, my, my race plan is always going to be my back end. I know for me, I look at it as one big sprint rather than kind of two laps of freestyle, which, which works for me. And I know that, um, I've got that good finishing speed, whereas he goes out pretty hard. So I know exactly how he's going to swim. He knows exactly how I'm going to swim. Um, his skills are world-class, which is something I've been working really hard on over this last period, obviously with the shoulder injury, it probably, um, impacted my ability to to practice it as much as I'd like to, but I know that my dive got a little bit better and my turn got that little bit better as well. And um, my swim speed probably wasn't as fast as it was in Guangzhou, but I know that you know I've broken it down quite a lot since uh, since Tokyo. And if you put if you combine those two swims and the best best aspects of stuff, um, my time would be forty six point seven. So. Um, I know that it's there. It's just about executing every single um, part of that race in in the one race. So um, to go the exact same time as in as I did in Guangzhou is pretty crazy, to be honest. But um, you know, we like I think you, you said that we don't we don't probably build it up as much in our own heads. I, I know I do. I think I'm a person that goes. Um, I want this to be a kind of a race that everyone remembers and kind of one of those races of the century or a race that's going to stop the nation and everyone at the Olympic Games want to watch. And um, I know the ratings for that 100 freestyle were huge. I think it's, um, I think I spoke to a person on the phone today and it was about 1.3 million or something like wow. that compared to Dancing with the Stars or something like that. Like it's bigger than, bigger than most things. So I'm glad that everyone stopped and enjoyed the race. Hey, talk to us about the race itself. Um, we know you finished second, obviously, 47.08, we just talked about, which is is very fast, as fast as you've ever been. Do you think, looking in hindsight, and you touched on it earlier, not being you know, on the other side of Caleb made, made any difference to, to that? I don't want to say you're going to say, oh, if I was, I probably the result would have been different. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you were charging home like a steam train, though. You went 24-3. On the back end, I mean, you you were you were charged. I think you even left a dint in the wall. I think someone in Tokyo had to go and patch it back up. But you were flying in that second fifty. Do you think it made any difference? I think it did. I think if I could have probably been in those middle lanes um, and even surfed a little bit, you know, if I was right next to Caleb, he would have been able to carry me out in that first fifty, which would have been nice, rather than me having to carry, obviously, the two guys on my side out. I think. Um, it makes such a difference being able to surf that wave and kind of swim through broken water rather than clean water. So um, it would have been nice, I guess, having that free speed on the way out, get carried out a little bit and then kind of come home breathing to him in an ideal world. Obviously I would have been on his breathing. He would have been on my right. So I could have breathed, breathed and seen him every stroke and um, that would have pushed me on, but you can't, I can't look at it like that. I think for me, um, like I said, like, like you've said, I've had to go through so much over this past five year period and, there's been plenty of times where I thought I wouldn't be back and racing that well and to stand up and win a silver medal and do a personal best time and, um, you know, in Olympic final uh, after so much, I guess, sacrifice, uh, so much to overcome uh, and such a different Olymp Olympic experience, obviously, with COVID. Um, I, I'm really happy and satisfied with my result. And obviously, honestly, if I look at it at the end of the day, I do think that this 
silver medal I won means more to me than the gold medal. I think the gold medal I was young. I'd only stopped playing footy the year before and probably focused on swimming for a year, really, and I probably didn't really know what I'd achieved, whereas this I've had to work so hard for five years, overcome so much, sacrifice so much, um, so much pressure and expectation on me to stand up and do so well this year, which uh, obviously also contributes to, to my performance, but um, I'm, I'm really happy with it and, and the silver medals um, is, is very, very special to me, and, and I'm really, really happy with how the Olympics went and you know, obviously, it's it's motivated me. Like I said, I think it would have been quite challenging if I came back from shoulder surgery, stood up, broke the world record, won gold. I think, what do you do? What do you do next? I think I'd probably go. Well, I'm kind of done with the sport. I need something else to focus on. Whereas, to be so close to winning that gold medal, like 0.06 of a second, um, I've tried to do that on my on my phone, on my like timer on my phone, and you can't yeah. even do it <laughs> like that. So. Um, it's absolutely nothing and I know that I've got so much more to give to the sport and I know exactly what I need to do over this next three-year period to, to be faster and better. Mate, 100%. And it's good to hear you're still so hungry. I know I asked that question earlier about AFL and I was secretly hoping the answer was exactly how you gave it, which was, no, I've still got a lot to offer to swimming and I'm hungrier than ever, which is is such a, a great thing to hear and a scary thing to hear, to be honest. If you're out there swimming the 100 freestyle, man's 100 freestyle at the moment. Now, I can't let you go without saying uh, a massive thank you. And I've said a lot of thank yous on the podcast uh, since the Olympic Heroes have been coming on. But this one, mate, more so than anything else in terms of results, this is more dr- driven by your post-race interview after that 100 freestyle. Now, for all the listeners out there, I'll give you guys a little bit of a snippet. I'm not going to play it. I'll just speak it. Not going to be in Kyle's voice, obviously. I don't want to try and do that. But anyway, <laughs> these are some of the, the snippets, mate. Uh, I left everything in the pool. Uh, all you know, I gave it all I could. Obviously, life is not always about winning, but it is nice. But I executed the race well, felt strong. I felt good. To get second is amazing, especially to back that up after the gold in Rio. The five-year journey has been really challenging. So to get silver here is so special. And, mate, what I loved about that was it was honest, but it was also, you know, and you're not saying this for that reason, but it was the perfect message for all the young aspiring Olympians out there to hear, which was, you know, I went out there, I busted my gut, I gave everything I had. That was the best result I could have possibly had on that day. Such a great role model, mate. So I just wanted to say thank you very, very much for that. As I said, you didn't do it for that reason. You did it because that's just how you were feeling at the time. But as a coach and as yeah. a dad, uh, mate, I loved that. I loved hearing it. Yeah, I think um, so many people have complimented me on that post-race interview. I think that's probably, you know, I kind of stole the attention, it seems, from, uh, you know, it would have been, if I didn't give a good interview, it kind of would have been like a bit of a flop type uh, thing. <laughs> but I think... Um, Honestly, in the moment, it's just such a blur. Like, it's obviously all just happened for me. I don't even know what I'm saying, but kind of try and speak from the heart and try and be authentic. I think that's the one thing that sport probably lacks a lot at the moment is authenticity in uh, in interviews and media. I think everyone kind of says the same thing and we're kind of told what we should say and how we should act after races. But um, the more authentic I can be, I think it's easier for people to relate to me and, and, and people can see that side of me. So I think it's really important that I speak my mind when I'm finished racing and, and I try to do that to the best of my ability. Obviously, it's uh, challenging at times. You get, you get out of the pool and have a microphone chucked in your face before you've had any time to kind of break it all down and think about it or catch your breath. But um, I'm glad that I came across quite well this time around and, uh, and I'll continue to, to do that, speak my mind as I, as I continue on in, in my sport. 
Well, as I said, mate, the more so congrats, because you don't do it for that reason. As you said, you, I mean, you were just speaking your mind. It's not as if you went out there to prove a point. Oh, I'm going to really be humble here. It's That was just how you felt. But yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I know you don't have much time to go, mate. And I know our internet has been horrible. So I appreciate your uh, your patience through all of this uh, ups and downs and waves of Wi-Fi. Bloody hell. 2021, you would think that the Wi-Fi just around the world would be at least at a standard we can carry a conversation. But anyway, mate, I apologise. Yeah. I uh, I think, um, you know, you've been uh, an ultimate professional by even sticking around and keeping chatting to me, to be honest. I, I really appreciate it and I'll wrap it up now. As I said to you earlier, mate, uh, you know, congratulations um, on, on all your success over in Tokyo on your career so far. I know we haven't actually had to been able to do a, a proper Kyle Chalmers backstory, you know, podcast, which I normally do. We normally go through the, you know, the beginnings and all of that, but such as, been you know the you know the Tokyo experience and obviously you know now over in the ISL and everything that's happening we had to cover that but mate good luck over in the ISL with the London Raw as I said I'm a big Raw fan myself I'm really trying to drive it over here in Australia because it's obviously not at great times here in Australia but it's on KO for anyone who wants to watch it it's on KO you can replay it at any time so make sure you get around it make sure you at least pick a team I mean you don't have to pick the London Raw it'd be nice because as I said Kyle Chalmers on it Emma McCann Mina Atherton, Zach and Sudi, we've got a lot of Aussies on there. Um, but, you know, get around it, get around the ISL, pick a team, watch it, support it. Good luck over there, mate. And until we chat again, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swim podcast. No problems, mate. Thanks so much for that. And thanks so much to all the listeners for all the support over this, uh, this period. So I really couldn't do it without you guys. Cheers, buddy. Today's episode of Off the Block Swing podcast is proudly brought to you by our good friends, at Pro Swim Workouts. If you're loving the podcast at the moment, then why not be a part of the show and join the OTB crew by purchasing our merchandise, the OTB crew original t-shirt. It's as easy as clicking the link tree in the bio, which will then take you directly to our website to purchase your own piece of the podcast. We deliver all over the world, so no matter where you are, you can still be a part of the crew. We have tank tops, socks, hoodies still to come, but why wait? Jump on Instagram page right now. Follow the link tree to our website to purchase your own OTB crew merch today. And speaking of the OTB crew, our other weekly podcast, the OTB crew podcast, where I'm joined each week by Lani Pallister, Lachlan Carter, and Josh Edward-Smith. We talk a whole lot of swimming. The crew give their own unique insider perspective on what's going on in the world of swimming, as well as special guest Olympians joining the show for some fun. We also talk music, movies, other sports, and generally just have a good laugh. If you're looking for a fresh swimming podcast with a bit of mainstream twist to it, this is definitely the one for you. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcast for all the fun. Oh,